look good there. Evening, everybody. So glad to see you all here. Feels like families just all gathered around and we're ready to learn some awesome information. We had tried to do this episode a few weeks ago, and Angie did, and uh, some of you were able to tune in, some weren't, um, but Podbean did not let us record it and upload, so we're going to combine some of the stuff from the Red Red Wine episode, along with some of the tincture information and help educate, so that way we can all grow together and, and learn some of these ways that were lost a long time ago, but we're going to bring back because we need to go forward to go or go back to go forward. Sorry about that. Um, So I'm so glad to see you all here and so glad you're here. Hey, Angie, I'm so glad to have you with us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I was able to give the pups a bath tonight, so they're all fresh and clean, although they're still damp, but Hopefully, they won't be interrupting us tonight. It's so good to see you, Lorsky and Tim and Mrs. Neck. Uh, that's my new nickname for you. She's the Neck. It's awesome. Um, so, it's so, so wonderful to have y'all here. And so, tonight's episode, like I said, we're going to talk about tinctures and... Um, about making wine, um, because we had talked about that during that other episode. Um, some of the tinctures that I have um, on the list to discuss is, uh, one of them is called Valerian. The other one is Wild Lettuce. Wild Lettuce was one that was, that's new to me as far as, um, I had not had that before, and Angie was so wonderful when I was having so much pain from that pinch nerve um, in between my hip and my pelvis. She sent me some of this wild lettuce tincture, and I've tried it, so I can say that it does work. And she had made that herself. It was wonderful. And another one is one that I'm getting ready to try. Um, In the spring, I bought the seeds for but I did not get a chance to planting them because we had a move in between. So um, on the wild lettuce, I'm going to discuss that a little bit. And then I'm going to let Angie tell everyone how to make it. But it's wonderful um, medicine, actually. And this was something that goes, the wild lettuce tincture goes back to ancient Egypt. There was depictions that were seen in hieroglyphics. And even Emperor Augustus built an altar during the Roman Empire um, pertaining to the wild lettuce. Wild lettuce tincture, the scientific name is like Lactuca verosa. It's a cousin of the dandelion. It has sedative and analgesic effects, which means it does help with pain. It helps with stress and, of course, chronic pain. Some of the other names that they call wild lettuce is bitter lettuce, opium lettuce, and I've got a funny name because what is knickknacks without our funny, odd names and the southern gal trying to pronounce them. So this one is called Rakutu Kiramuyu So. Yeah, that one's fun. It's R-A-K-U-T-U dash K-E-R-Y-U-M-U dash S-O. 
There's two compounds in it called lactucin as well as lactocopecrine. And those both act on the central nervous system. The lactocopecrine, see, told y'all, we get the funny names on knickknacks, y'all. Y'all get to laugh at me on these funny nicknames or names on knickknacks. Um, but the like, see, I even have it wrote down here and I still can't pronounce it right. The lactocopecrine is the highest of all plants. It acts as an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor, which means it blocks the cholinesterase and enzymes that are responsible for slowing down the nerve's um, cell communications. It also works to kill a wide range of bacteria, viruses, fungi. Um, it works to help treat arthritis, asthma, atherosclerosis, which is the hardening of the arteries, um, coughs, insomnia, joint pain, and menstrual pain. And yeah, oh no, there's probably going to be more because when I get to the valerium, there's a funny, there's some funny names with valerium as well. Yes, echoes lettuce. It's wild lettuce. Um, but they also, in a 2006 study in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology, they give lab mice some of the lactosin and the lactocopecrine and ibuprofen. They give them one of the three. They did a hot plate test and then a flick tail test, which is exactly like it sounds. And so what they did, they used that to assess the pain response out of the three. Um, the lactocoprocrine, and I'm going to say this wrong. I'll probably say it a different way each time. So y'all just forgive me and bear with me here. Um, the lactocoprocrine was the most potent and it actually, it needed half the dose of ibuprofen. And they found that the sedative effects actually, um, it had the sedative effects as evidenced by a slow re reflex. And a 2018 study in the same journal found that lactocoprocrine increased the neurogenesis in the brain cells, which is a phenomenon where the nerve cells spread out projections called neurites that connect all the nerve cells to another the more neurites you have, the more, the stronger your nerve cell transmission is. This plant, it grows between three to eight feet tall in height. It has spiny green leaves. It has pale yellow flowers. The seeds are attached to a pappus that resembles the puffy white uh, fluff of a dandelion. And in Latin, lactuca means milk juice. It's what comes out of the plant when it's cut. It was used by Native Americans and is found in Central and Southern Europe, Australia, and the Punjab region of India and Pakistan, known as like the Himalayans area. You can find it along the coast of Great Britain, as well as, and this Echoes is going to love this one because Alabama has it, Washington State has it, California has it, and obviously Michigan has it because our wonderful Angie was able to get it there um, as well. The amount of it, if you do it by capsule, is four to 500 milligrams per day. If you use it as a tea with dried leaves, you use one to two tablespoons into your um, cup of tea, or if you use the dry powder. Now that one is much more uh, concentrated. So if you use the powder, it's only one to two teaspoons. 
It's not recommended for pregnant women, women that are nursing or children. And just so I make this statement here, uh, neither of us are doctors. We are not recommending you to, to use this as medical advice. We don't wear white coat except for on maybe Twitter, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you just take this for what it's worth and, and use this education wisely. It's something, though, that has been known to be effective for many, many years that I can myself speak to the benefits of how wonderful it was. If you get any kind of side effects, the main side effects are like a mild indigestion, maybe some jitteriness or drowsiness. If you have a latex allergy and you make a tincture that you're going to use on the skin, you may have some skin irritation if you apply it topically. And I'm going to let Angie go ahead and tell you about how she uses it and how she makes it so that way y'all can know how to make this. Good evening. Sorry, I'm horrible at the chat, so I'm trying to hop in and say hi. <laughs> um, Okay, so for the wild lettuce, um, like Nikki said, I'm not a doctor at all. Um, not even close, don't want to be one. But um, for the wild lettuce, the biggest thing is make sure you ID your plant. Definitely, definitely, definitely have 100% positive ID because so thistle and wild lettuce are very, very similar to one another. Um, they both flower like a dandelion. They both have the white puffy seeds at the end like a dandelion. Um, the difference is the leaves on the plant, the so thistle has the pointy leaves on the side to where wild lettuce underneath the leaf. Down the middle part of the vein, there will also be a set of spines. Um, so thistle and wild lettuce both um produce the white milky substance like if you tear back the leaf at the stalk um so they really they're very very similar plants um i did make a so thistle tincture as well um but the wild lettuce i kind of specifically targeted and wanted to find for its opioid properties um because i suffer from fibromyalgia and i have them autoimmune neuromuscular disease as well and um it causes a lot of pain so that was my kind of go-to natural one that I was searching for um it's actually I've probably pulled I don't know how many out of the yard over the years um just because I didn't really know what it was uh and this year getting into IDing plants and trying to make my own medicine um, I paid more attention before I plucked the quote unquote weeds out of the yard. Um, and this is one I'm really glad I didn't pull. So to make the tincture, um, first you identify your plant. And then with the wild lettuce, I just grabbed a quart mason jar and took it outside with a pair of scissors and I cut up the plant. So you cut the leaves, the stalk, everything, just chop it up. Um, mine were like probably inch pieces or so because the more you cut the plant, the more the alcohol can kind of absorb all the medicinal properties out of the plant. Um, so once you cut the plant, I filled my quart jar, my mason jar with the plant material. And then once you do that, you take vodka. I use Sky Vodka. It was 80 proof. Um, ideally you want to use a hundred proof vodka because then you have 
the same amount of water as you do the alcohol content. So that way you can pull both the water soluble properties as well as the um, alcohol soluble properties from the plant. So you have more of a well-rounded medicine. Um, but like I said, I use the Sky Vodka, it's 80 proof. So I got more of one of the properties versus the other, but it's still pretty, pretty close to well-rounded. Um, and I, I use that for my pain, but you cover, to go back to making it, you cover the plant matter in the jar with vodka. So me, I fill it as far up as I can get it without it spilling over, just so that way as the plant soaks up the, the vodka, I won't lose any, but you're going to shake it once a day, store it in kind of a cooler, dark place. Um, and really just shake it when you think about it. Um, and then just check it and make sure that the plant matter is still completely covered in the vodka, because if not, that can kind of make it get funky. But aside from that, you just set it in a jar, let it sit for the six weeks. And then after that, you can strain it out and put it in like amber bottles with the droppers on it. That's how I did mine anyway. Um, but you want like an amber colored bottle, a darker bottle uh, to store it in. But if I, with my canning room, if I made a tincture and put jars in front of it and forgot about it, it would be fine five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, so long as the plant matter is completely covered in the in the vodka. So they do last a long time, and a quart jar will get you quite a few little bottles. Um, I have one and two ounce tincture bottles, um, and one quart. I'm trying to look at my tinctures. Um, two, four, six, eight, ten. Got me about twelve two ounce jars of the tincture. So, Nikki, the jar that I sent you, um, I got about twelve of those out of one quart. So it does make quite a bit when you're not make when you're not taking large volumes because with the tinctures you only need a couple drops. Um, I put it in like a little shot glass of water, really just like a sip, do a couple drops, put it in there and just drink it. And you can take it once a day. You can take it a couple times a day, just kind of whatever, whatever you need to use it, to take it, um, kind of like Advil or anything else. You can take it more than once a day. But I mean, I start out with a low dose just to see how it will affect me to see if I have any adverse reactions because once it's in your system like any other medicine it's there until it runs its course um so with any tincture that's how you're going to make it you're going to id the plant you're going to fill a jar with the plant matter whether it be a jelly jar a quart a pint a half gallon however you want to do it um and then just cover it in the vodka and let it sit and pretty much that's it. Just strain it and go from there. I did make, last time we did the show, um, I had talked about the horseradish tincture and I did end up making that between then and now. Um, and Ryan has tried that and that one, that one's got some kick to it. Pretty potent. Um, but I've also done self-heal, raspberry, um, corn silk, bee balm, red clover, goldenrod um and with the tinctures these are the ones made with vodka so I, you can use them internally like a medicine 
Um, the other thing that I started doing, um, which I missed the goldenrod because we didn't have a wet season this year in the fall, so it kind of dried up and dissipated. But um, I'm starting to make salves. So my friend um, actually gave me some of the marijuana tree that they had. And I have that in a extra virgin olive oil right now steeping um, so I can make a salve with that once it's ready. And that's the same as you would for the tincture. You cut the plant matter, you fill it with extra virgin olive oil, and it will pull the medicinal properties out. And then you're able to use the olive oil in the soap. You're able to use it in salves, um, pretty much anything you can make, lip balm, stuff like that. You can all use all of that with the oil infused um, tinctures that you make. Um, I know another one Nikki had mentioned touching on was the uh, homemade vanilla. Um, and to make homemade vanilla uh, for like baking vanilla extract, uh, you need to get vanilla beans. I ordered mine on Amazon. Um, I got the highest grade that I could find that had good reviews um, and you just cut the stalk you go about a I don't know fourth inch from the top and just take a knife and cut the stalk down the middle and you put depending on the size of your jar two or three or four um, stalks of vanilla bean in it <clears throat> after you've cut it and then you just fill those with vodka too and those take about six months um, to turn into the vanilla extract that you can use for baking. I started mine probably the beginning of the summer, if not sooner than that. And I, I have enough for some, some Christmas gifts. Um, I'm doing a lot of homemade stuff for Christmas this year. So that was kind of planning ahead. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so because those that. make wonderful gifts. And before we get onto the topic, it looks like everybody is wanting to hear about the wine making. And you remember when we went over the corn whiskey and all of that. I did want to touch on another plant um, because somebody's getting a surprise by mail with it, Miss Angie, because you're wonderful at making tinctures. So um, one of those was something that I had looked into. And y'all excuse my scratchy voice. I'm sorry. We are weather. <clears throat> excuse me. Our weather has went from cold to hot to cold and back and forth. I'm in South Carolina, and it's if you don't like the weather, just wait 20 minutes, literally, and, and it's going to change. So I, I had to go from pants to shorts to pants, and it's been a deal. But <laughs> anyway, y'all in the South know that, and I know some of y'all in the North know that as well. Hey, Moon Wolf, I'm glad you're here. Um, don't worry about watching chat. I'm just glad to have you here. If you can make it, like Echoes likes to say on her show, it's wonderful. If you can make it, if you can't, that's okay, too. It's just good to have you here when you can. And if you can't, know that our thoughts and prayers are still with you regardless. Um, but another plant that I had looked into and I'm getting ready to start growing in the spring, because like I said, we were we were in the transition of buying property and getting ready to move. So my garden this year was was nil. Um, I got a little bit of stuff out of it, but not like I normally did. So I got to enjoy um, it and watch everyone else garden. And that was so wonderful. But valerian root, valerian root, it's a lace-like flower. 
Um, it's a flowering herb. It's native to Asia and Europe, but it was brought into North America for therapeutic uses. Um, another one that was used by Native Americans as well. Imagine that, you know, the Native Americans really did know what they were doing. Um, this plant, uh, some people tried to use it to make perfume. And when they did that, they used the, the, um, the root and the underground stalk, also known as a rhizome, um, to try to make it. But it didn't turn out so well because if y'all have had boys, you know what their stinky socks smell like, and that's what it turned out to be. But then they found out, hey, we can use this therapeutically. And so, um, and just like I want to say, you know, again, this is not evaluated by the FDA. I do not wear a white coat. I never want to wear a white coat. It's a doctor coat. I did have a white nurse's coat. Mm -hmm. I've hung that up. So now it's just about healing with the, the natural stuff that God give us because he give us everything that we need um, around us in each location. And so if you don't, if you don't have this in your area, um, I do have some seeds and I've, I've sent out a few seeds. Well, I, I was going to mail them today and I lost my wallet and I did find it. No worries, but I didn't have a chance to go. So tomorrow when I go vote, I will um, be mailing out some packages and I do have some some extra valerian root seeds. I did order them online from Heirloom Seed Solutions. So if you want to order your own pack, they're $5 a pack um, and they come in a wonderful packaging. They have the best packaging, hands down. I, I'm not paid to promote them or anything, but I, I've ordered a lot of different seeds over the last couple of years. And after seeing the way that these are stored, they have like a, um, it's black packaging. It does have the reflective silver on the inside to keep the sun away and they're resealable. So you can reuse those and, and keep the seeds later. Um, but these actually have things called Valer. Here goes our fun words again, guys. Are y'all ready for the Nikki fun words? Valernic acid. It has alkaloids, which out of this plant is the most potent group of plant constitution uh, con constituents, I'm sorry, I'm messing this all up tonight, that act upon the human body and mind. This is actually one that has also free amino acids. And I'm not even going to attempt to say it, but one of them, it works on the GABA sensors, which, you know, I, a lot of people have heard of gabapentin, which is the pharmaceutical medicine that they use for um, nerve disorders and things like that. Well, this also, this compound works naturally, God-given, amen, um, to help calm the central nervous system. It relaxes muscles. It helps you with sleep. So if you're like me and your brain just will not shut off at night, I know Duncan has talked about this as well. This is the exact opposite of coffee. You know how coffee will stimulate you, wake you up, get you moving and grooving and, and happy. This is the one that's going to get you moving and grooving and happy going to sleep. Um, so along with your my pillow, again, I don't get you to sponsor that, but you know I do like the my product, um, my pillow products. But this will actually help you um, sleep. It calms your um, your body, gives you like a sense of tranquility. It improves your mood. Guys, listen up. This will also help your ladies that may be going through PMS. So, you know, 
you might want to go get her some of these flowers. And maybe that's why guys started giving women flowers because the women were making, um, you know, tinctures with it that actually helped them. Gabby's even agreeing with that. She second that opinion. Um, it, it does, you know, the glow GABA levels have been associated with difficulty unwinding, um, with people getting easily frustrated, feeling overwhelmed. And also guess where we're going back to? The diarrhea. Um, so if you've got, you know, issues with your stomach, with your bowels, this will also help as well, because when you get anxious, that causes constriction in your GI system, which a lot of people will have, you know, IBS is one of them that will actually, you know, when, when you get stressed out and anxious, you will, you know, it, it constricts everything. It tightens everything up because your body is doing that fight, flight or fight response system. So um, some other supplements that you can use that help support the GABA system is magnesium, yeah, passion flower, lavender, chamomile, L-theanine, kava, fermented foods. You know, a lot of us are starting into ferments. I myself am I'm making my first ferment and doing apple juice. I got the recipe from Fred, aka Rita, who lives in California. But it it it's really, really good. Um, England actually prioritized the cultivation of valerian root during World War II because it was thought to help with both psychological and the physical stress in two different ways. By supporting the GABA levels, um, like I said, a stressful lifestyle, poor sleep, and other things can cause us to burn through our GABA stores really, really fast. So this actually helps replenish those. Um, so that way you're not going through them. And, you know, we are in a, a, a very fast world that information is tossed at you. And then not even two seconds later, you get more tossed at you. And so it's constantly keeping you in this stressed out state. And that's really depleting your, your GABA levels. It also will help maintain your serotonin levels and the norepinephrine levels. It reduces stress in mice by helping to maintain the serotonin and norepinephrine in two specific brain regions that are associated with fear and anxiousness. And the hippocampus, and this is one of my favorite words to say, though I'm going to pronounce it, and the amaglada, so yeah, I went through medical terminology, still can't say it right, but it reminds me of water boy. You know, when they say the, uh, do you know why alligators are so, so mad? You know, it's because they have no amaglada or whatever that was. It was, that's what it reminds me of. But it does, um, the presence of those two neurotransmitters help to calm excessive activity in the hippocampus and the amaglada. Another study, which was done by many of the same researchers that also did the study that I was just previously talking about with the wild lettuce. It, um, they were given valerium and they had reduced corticosteroid levels. That one was another tough one. See, I like to just, God is tossing all these funny words to me because I think he likes having fun with my, my vocab there. But you can, um, you can have it as a tea. You could do it in tincture form and it's going to really help. Now it does, like Angie was saying, it does take a few weeks. Um, this one is another one that's like six weeks or so to make. And, and tinctures, 
with these herbs, are, they're very forgiving. You know, they, they it's recommended to shake them every day, just like you do with your ferments as well. But if you don't, it, it's still very, very, you know, resilient. So it's still going to, you know, work, but you don't want to forget it and just leave it there because you're not going to get all the extracts out um, of it. It works to help muscle relaxation. And there's a very good um, author named David Hoffman. He did a book called Medical Herbalism. And it's a, it's a good book. I don't have it myself. I'd like to get it um, along with some other herbal books. But I'm just now getting into this. So that's not on my high priority of list of things. And we can find so much of it on the online. But if you're looking for one, that's that's a good book is Medical Herbalism by David Hoffman. Um, there's not a lot of research. And I mean, he kind of go figure because Big Pharma is not going to pay to have stuff that's, you know, you could grow in nature and they're going to pay more for the stuff like the pharmaceuticals, just like we were talking about with Merck last week on Thursday. And I'm going to continue that one. We changed the show. Um, or I changed the show rather because I felt father led me, um, Thursday night was wonderful. And I guess God really did have his reasons for us not doing it on Wednesday and moving it to Thursday because following it up with echoes podcast right after it was, it was beautiful. It went smooth. And so knickknacks for the nighttime show is now just going to be on Mondays and Thursdays. So not Mondays and Wednesdays, this Wednesday won't be a show. But back on to the valerium, they also combined valerium and lemon balm. And we all know, or many of us may know, I don't know if you know, but lemon is a wonderful, wonderful herb, um, fruit, herb. if you can do lemongrass or lemon balm, it is hard to find lemon balm more so than lemongrass, but they actually used that for children that had um, like ADHD and had memory and learning issues. And they were actually found that it supported the focus and memory and learning because of those neurotransmitters being activated more. Correct some of the things that may have been done by childhood vaccinations and I, I vaccinated my children. I, I was vaccinated myself. And I am a very, very, very big advocate against those now because I've seen the damage firsthand, not with my children, thankfully, but with myself and with others. That I think that God gives us this perfect body anyway, that we don't need all of that extra stuff. It's it's stuff by pharma, I think, into the depopulization, depopulation. There we go. My dog is interrupting me. But it really, um, you know, they, they do that to make money while killing us and then trying to tell us, oh, well, because you have this issue, now you need to go take this medicine for that and then this medicine for that side effect. And we're killing ourselves. Meanwhile, we've got all of these natural plants that are there. Um, it also will relieve menstrual cramps. So if you're, because it does relax the smooth muscle, it will also relax the smooth muscle of the uterus. So it will help with that. And they, they did studies on that versus the placebo. Um, and they even compared it with cramp, something called cramp bark. 
those two herbs with the cramp bark and the valerium were thought to work synergistically, which means they, they work better together, kind of like we're two or more gathered, then God hears our prayer. So it's kind of like, you know, you add that one and it just works really good. Um, like I said, it does also help ease digestive discomfort with intestinal gas. So if you're eating some gassy foods or whatever, you know, if, especially like if you're getting ready to go to bed, I mean, you can take this and, and you do it, you know, under the tongue, you could do it in the tea, like what Angie was saying with the um, wild lettuce tincture. She said she had mixed hers with water. I just did mine. I am not a big water fan. I need to work on that. And I'm trying slowly, but I like things with flavor and water, unfortunately, just the flavorness. I, I don't like it. So I just did the drops under my tongue and it wasn't bad actually, but the valerium you're going to want to use instead of using a, a lighter like vodka, you're going to really want to use like golden grain or Everclear, something that's like 120 proof. So you're really going to want a strong one bit to be able to pull everything out. Um, the extracts are, are much easier to pull out and better to pull out with alcohol than water, which is why most of them are alcohol-based extracts, uh, known as tinctures. But you don't want to use rubbing alcohol, um, especially if you're going to ingest it because you will get sick. So I'm going to give you that right there to say, don't use rubbing alcohol, please. Um, one of the components of valerian root uh, glutamine, that one is better extracted by water than alcohol. And glutamine is another building block used to make the GABA. And there's many different ways that you could do that. I will um, post that in the knickknacks room. I put the link in on the chat on Podbeam, but it's Nikki's Nats, N-I-K-K-I-S-N-A-K-S on Telegram. And we'll get all of these updated, but it's a one to five tincture ratio. And like I said, with 120 proof. And you just, you know, keep it in, like she was seeing with the bottle, just keep it in there, shake it every now and then. Every day, if you can remember, I would not remember, especially if it's somewhere like in a cabinet or somewhere dark. I'm not going to see it all the time. So maybe even set an alarm or something on your phone. Um, you know, a lot of us always have our phones somewhere. So you could put an alarm on your phone and set it during that six-week time. Go ahead, when you start it, go ahead and set your calendar. Um, with that alarm on there for that certain period. Um, and you could do them like every day. You could do it every other day, however you want to do it. You're going to let that mixture steep for about three to five weeks. Shake it every now and then. When it's ready, you're going to strain it through a cheesecloth and just squeeze out as much of the liquid as possible and then pour it in a clean jar or a dropper bottle. Like she was saying, saying um, she sent me a small... Um, it was a brown bottle with the wild lettuce tincture. I still have about half of that. I have used that and I did start slowly because I wasn't sure the effects that it was going to have on me. So I did start it slowly and just kind of added a little bit more at a time until I was able to see what it was going to do. If you want to make a tea, you can make, I know we got a lot of tea drinkers. You can make that a whole lot faster, but you're not going to get the benefits of it as fast. Um, 
but it will have that higher level because you're using water. It will have that higher level of glutamine. And all you do with that, you just boil it for 30 to 45 minutes to increase the extraction of those good compounds. And you could do one teaspoon of valerian root to a cup of water. Bring the water to a light simmer, not a bowl, and pour it over the valerian root. You're going to cover it so it steeps, and then the, the oils are going to be retained in there. Um, you could also, you know, you don't have to have anything fancy. If you got just a cup and a small little plate, put it over it. If not, you know, go grab you some coffee. When you grab your coffee in the morning, save that cup, use it later. You know, there's lots of ways um, to be able to have this and still get the benefits without having to go buy, you know, a whole bunch of expensive stuff. Because I don't know about y'all, but my inflation has hit hard and, I like to try to see how creative I can get with repurposing things, and that's one of them. There are capsules, and if you want to, you don't have to grow the plant. Um, and a lot of people, from what I have read and seen, you can actually just go buy it. Um, I see that your comment echoes honey probably would make it taste better. And I mean, honey is an antimicrobial, so I always promote the use of honey. It's, it's awesome. And it's good for you. So if you want to add some honey to it, go for it, babe. Um, but a lot of people that what I've read and seen, I've not done this myself and I've not been able to, um, find it in, cause I have a Mennonite store that's local that have a lot of fresh herbs and, and things like that. I've not seen this in there. But there is a place online. I will post that link in Nick, Nikki's next knickknack room on Telegram as well. Um, but you can order that in bulk. So if you don't want to, you know, wait, because I know we're going into, we're in fall now, going into winter. It is perennial in zones five through nine, I believe. Um, so it will grow back year after year. But if you want to go ahead and get a jump start, have this in your you know, your homemade medicine cabinet, you can order it online and just get the um, the dried herbs and use that to make your tinctures as well. Now we're going to move on to the fun, good stuff. Homemade wine. Angie made my day when she taught me about this. Not that I'm an alcoholic or nothing, but wine is good. And God said we could have wine. We just don't abuse it and we don't get drunk on it. And be like, no, I want it naked and your kid's coming to see you. Because how embarrassing would that be, really? I mean, could you imagine, you know, tossing out drunk? Because and wine hangovers are awful. Um, I speak from experience on that one. But Gabby, shh, sorry, guys. Gabby is just really, you know, she's wanting to speak tonight. But, yeah, um, you know, you don't want a wine hangover. And you definitely don't want your children to see you naked. So, or I don't, and I know many of us don't, unless you're Joe Biden, then, you know, maybe you want them to, but that's just gross. And we don't do that here. So I'm going to let Angie tell y'all about the winemaking. It's a very, very, it takes time. And like with all good things, all good things come to those who wait. So it does take some time, but it's relatively simple, really. And I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. One more thing on the tinctures real quick before I forget. Um, if you're making anything with a root, like horseradish, 
you have to wait until the plant dies off so all the nutrients go back down into the root because that's what you're trying to harvest. I forgot to mention that, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, but, okay, for wine. So I inherited my grandparent, well, my grandpa made wine. So I inherited his book and his log of scratch paper of what he made, what year, all the way back to October 8th of 1983. I don't know. I'm sure it probably went farther back than that. But um, so for wine, um, I use fresh grape juice. So I will harvest the grapes. I will smash the grapes, run it through my juicer, do everything I need to get grape juice from the good Lord, really. Um, but in my grandparents' later days, they just went to the grocery store and got frozen grape juice, um, which my grandparents lived into their late 80s, early 90s. So um, for them, it was a lot easier than going out to harvest them. Um, but for the wine, um, all you need is a stainless steel pan, a very large one, um, a half a packet of yeast, um, the active dry yeast. Um, you can either do seven frozen concentrate grape juice at 100%, or you could do seven quarts of fresh grape juice. Um, I do the fresh grape juice because I'm young enough to still go out there and get me my fresh grape juice, but maybe when I'm older, I'll get the frozen stuff. Um, and then five pounds of honey. So I use the raw honey. I find somebody local that has bees. A couple of my friends have bees. Um, so I get honey from them and then eight pounds of sugar. So basically the first week you stir it all into a pan. Um, you add the sugar and honey to warm water to dissolve it. Um, yeah, five pounds of honey. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but um, you add the sugar and water or sugar and honey to warm water to dissolve it. And then you add ju the grape juice to it. And then you will slowly stir in your half packet of yeast. Um, so you stir carefully in the pan for the first week. So every day I'll take the lid off. I'll give it a stir. I'll put the lid back on. Um, and then I siphon it into an airlock glass jar with a bubbler. So I have the big glass jugs. I shared a picture into knickknacks, I think, when we first did the... Um, episode if not I can share another picture um, and then the bubbler it's got a rubber stopper on it that fits the top part of the jar and then I put vodka in that so I can watch the the bubbles go through as it releases all the gases and turns from juice to wine um, and then once it stops bubbling is when it's ready and you can um, you can strain it through cheesecloth when you bottle it um, when it sits in the jug that long, everything tends to settle. So when I siphon it out with the hose, I just tend to siphon from the top. And then when I get to the bottom, I will, um, kind of strain it. Um, and then when you add, to backtrack, when you add the liquid from the jug, the stainless steel pan into the carboy is what it's called, the glass jug, um, if there's not enough liquid to get to the top, kind of where the neck of the bottle is, um, you just add water to fill that space. And then you just let it sit um, 
I usually make my batches in September and then it gets bottled like the end of December. So it takes a couple months. Um, but just like the tinctures, that's six weeks. Sauerkraut takes time. Um, I did fermented honey and garlic this past week or two. I don't remember when I did it. Um, but like everything else, it it takes time to make it. But it's not a daily. It doesn't eat up a lot of time every day. It's just it'll take one day to make it. And then you kind of sit it and forget about it for a while and then it's do its own thing. And then it takes another day to strain it, bottle it. Um, you can double rack it where you strain it from one bottle to another through cheesecloth. You can do that a couple times um, to get any floaters out or any um, extra like pieces of the grape, whether it be the skin or seeds or anything that kind of slips through. When you juice it, um, obviously, if you get the frozen stuff, you don't have to do that because there won't be any. Um, but I personally, I've done apple wine, apple grapes. I did a dandelion wine, which I don't think I did it right because it didn't have a whole lot of flavor. It was just a a kick of water, basically, or water with a kick. Um but dandelion wine, anything with dandelions is very tedious because you have to get all the green off of the flower because the green part is the sour part. Um, and you need a lot of flowers to do jelly or to do wine or really anything. So that is a very tedious process. Um, but um, I've done the apple, the grape, the apple grape, the dandelion. I did white grape. Um and really, I've just kind of played with the recipes a little bit. But for every recipe, it's about a quart of honey, sugar, or not a quart, I'm sorry, quart and a half of honey um, is what I use. Eight quarts of grape juice, 10 pounds of sugar, and a pack of yeast. Um, it just kind of varies. Every recipe I did a little different, just kind of kind of try it because I didn't get into this until after my grandpa passed so I couldn't really ask questions um, but uh, my granddad made blackberry strawberry tomato uh, corn and orange wine um, pear because they had a pear tree so you don't waste uh, so they kind of used what they what they grew um, and it's kind of kind of the same thing with us. I mean, we try to utilize what we have or what I have access to, whether it be a friend that grows grapes or my friend has an apple tree and they had an abundance. I had made apple crisp and pie and applesauce and apple butter and I was running out of things. So I made apple wine and that's kind of how that came about that year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple to get done. Um, and it's just, it takes a little bit of time, a couple of days, and then you just sit it and forget it. So, Angie, um, Jeff was asking, um, and I can't remember. I knew it was a lot, and I remember seeing a lot when you showed me. But um, from the, the grape wine recipe, how many bottles and what size would you say that you got out of that batch? Um, oh, <laughs> I get a lot. Um, and I really... I really don't drink wine, hardly ever, to be honest, um, but it really does make good Christmas gifts. Um, but I would say I probably get at least 
two, four, six, eight, nine, I would say at least 10 wine bottles, at least. And then I have probably a gallon glass jug that I keep wine into. So I'll get at least 10 wine bottles, like normal wine bottles that you pick up at the store. Um, not like the big giant ones, but the normal size wine bottles. And then whatever is left over kind of goes in the gallon jug. Um, but it makes, it makes a decent amount, um, for the time that goes into it, it really, it's worth it and it tastes good. You know where the ingredients came from and, um, it's basement wine. So it, we tested the alcohol content the one year and it went higher than what the tester would read. Um, so it's, it's a good wine. <laughs> um, so that's, I don't know. I hope that answered the question. I think it did. Um, now your grandpa also made the corn whiskey. And I remember we had talked about that that night. Mm -hmm. So before we move on to like the soaps that we had talked about, um, how did he do that? Let me find it. Yeah, his book that uh, I inherited is pretty amazing. It has a lot um, of different recipes. Like there's an onion wine, pineapple, uh, pear, rice, rhubarb, um, pumpkin wine, tomato wine. Oh my goodness, it's alphabetical order. I should probably start in the seeds. Ah. Now, I would love, I saw Echo said pineapple. Y'all, yes, I would love, because I love pineapple and coconut and sweet, fruity stuff. So, that would be so good. Pineapple wine. This, well, this even has gooseberry and elderberry, grapefruit. Like, there really is a lot. And elderberry is good anyway. So, I mean, that's kind of a two-for-one. Kind of like we talked about the chocolate-covered raisins. I eat that for my iron intake because raisins help boost that. Yeah, yeah. And um, peanut butter cups because you yeah. get the protein for the peanuts. So we can make anything yeah. healthy. It just depends on how you look at it. You don't have to look at it negative. See the elderberry wine. I just need to boost my immune system, you know? Um, so the corn whiskey, um, it says you need two pounds of corn, three oranges, 12 peppercorns, a gallon of water, three and a half pounds of sugar. Um, and then the recipe itself calls for like acid blend, energizer, champion crush, sherry yeast. Um, Grandpa never really went by the book because he didn't want to buy all the extra man-made stuff, I guess you could say. So that's where the honey kind of plays in because it has to be the raw honey that has... Um, it helps stabilize it. So instead of adding the acid and the energizer and all that, you just add the active yeast and you add the honey and that will help stabilize everything so you don't have to go to the store and buy whatever they're putting in the energizer and whatever they're putting in the acid. You can do the all natural kind of go with it. Um, but that also has a half a pint of white grape, white Concord grapes in it as well. So it's corn, two pounds of corn, a half a pint of white grape concord juice, three oranges, 12 peppercorns, 
a gallon of water, three and a half pounds of sugar, and then you would do the five pounds of honey, which would be about a quart, quart and a half. Um, and that's it, the half a pack of yeast. And you do it the same way. You dissolve the um, sugar and honey in the warm water and then just kind of add everything else with it and let it sit, let it do its thing. And this is fresh corn. Um, it says wash off the ears, cut off, and weigh out the kernels. So you would get fresh corn off the cob, cut it off, and just add it in there. And it would kind of do what a tincture would. It would pull out the flavor. It would pull out whatever it's going to pull out from the corn. And then when you rack it or strain it to get all the extra stuff out, um, that would that would be how that works. Okay. Sorry, I had me muted and I was in the middle of, of texting oh, something and it was not letting me Sorry. unmute. So I had to get rid of that. <laughs> yes, this Sorry. is wonderful info. No, don't apologize at all. This is 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 really great, great, great information. And yeah, oh yeah, remember we were talking about the coffee wine. Yep. And so I mean he I, I love your grandpa and I didn't even get to meet him. He's got lots of good information. And I'm so, we're also blessed that you were the one that was able to get the, the recipes and stuff in order to do, uh, you know, in order for us to be able to, to still have that and pass that on. So your grandpa's going to be able to live through all of us that are going to be making all these wonderful recipes. It's It's so great. Insidious is saying Jeff offered to do dinner dishes tonight so she could make sure she got done with her chores to get there on time. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Good, good husband, Jeff. He's like, yeah, I want to make sure, you know, he, he knows. He knows what's up. He knows Monday nights are usually like educational, healthy food stuff. Right. Well, shuck our corn, Jeff. Shuck our corn. <laughs> All right, so now on to soap making. And like I said, we're going to definitely go over the hour because there's a lot of information here that we had covered that night that, um, you know, we weren't able to be able to, you know, it didn't save, unfortunately. But tonight, we're going to pray that everything saves and is all good. Um, I know you make your own laundry detergent, and I do know that you make my hand. Um, body wash soap, not body wash soap, but body yeah. soaps and the butter soap, coffee scented soap. Guys, she's, this, this woman is hands down. Ryan is a very blessed man. He's got a wonderful, a wonderful wife. And we're so blessed to have her brain here with us. And not only her brain, but her beautiful self and voice here. It's awesome. Um, so soap, I, I had ventured out and did my own laundry detergent many years ago, um, probably about 2010, 2011. We had some friends of ours that had taught us how to do homemade laundry detergent. I know me and you had talked about it, about how, you know, if you do it all at once, you really have your entire laundry detergent for the whole year for like less than 20 bucks. And this is true, guys. This is so true. She's got, you know, not a large, large family, but she's got a decent size family. I, at the time, it was me, my husband, and two kids, my stepson, every other weekend. 
And let me tell you, I had with my girls and anyone with girls, y'all know, girls like to do fashion shows and, and they change probably 30 times in a day. And they don't put the stuff up that they didn't wear. They It winds up on the floor or in the clothes basket because they're lazy. And so I was going through doing so much laundry and I just really couldn't stand one paying so much money for the detergents that are harming us. You know, it, it's very harmful to our skin, to our bodies, because we don't know everything that's going in there. And then Procter & Gamble, because I was a, a big Tide fan, Procter & Gamble is one of the worst as far as, you know, adding all the extra chemicals and stuff like that. I really think they're on the Bill Gates plan to depopulize the the world, depopulate the world. And so I had started doing my own laundry detergent using the Borax, the Fels Naphtha soap, and the Arm & Hammer laundry booster. And with that, you just grade um, I tell you what, my little Gabby is wanting to be interrupting tonight. I have French fries on the table and she wants some. Um, but we would do, we would grade a bar, to, a bar of soap of the Fels Naphtha and then add a box of borax and a box of the Arm & Hammer laundry detergent into um, a five-gallon bucket and we'd mix that up and stir and stir and stir and that was like the biggest thing was like to try to have it liquid um i've not got it down for trying to keep it just powder yes echoes these will definitely be on telegram um we'll get all these up there on there try to get them on tonight if it's not tonight it will be by tomorrow evening for sure and if you don't see it on there send me a reminder um just so i make sure to to have that on there because I get distracted easily but um can you tell them also some of the things that you did with like you making the laundry detergent and making your own soaps and things like that so for my laundry soap I buy whatever bar of soap is on sale or in the clearance section whether it be dial dove irish springs whatever I can find um and I run it through like a cheese grater and then I boil water on the stove just a small pot um and I add one cup of Arm & Hammer washing soda and then a half a cup of borax and I melt it all down or dissolve it all on the stove and then I mix it in my five gallon bucket so that way it's not um like chunky that way it's all dissolved um and then I fill the five-gallon bucket up with hot water, and I shake it, and you let it sit for 24 hours before you can use it. Um, but I only make laundry soap four times a year. We have six people in our house, Ryan, myself, and our four kids. And then um, I was washing my parents' laundry because they didn't have a washer and dryer. And even with the extra two people, I really only made laundry soap four times a year. About every three months, I make a five-gallon bucket. Um, and that lasts us and really i spend maybe 10 bucks a year on laundry soap because when i first started making it to be honest i couldn't afford it um i couldn't afford to keep buying big jugs of laundry soap taking it to the laundromat um and this was kind of my my way of trying to save money and it worked great and if there's stains i use like the blue dawn dish soap or whatever i can find to get it out um 
but that's how I make my laundry soap. Um, you can leave it as powder, but I don't like to because then it kind of sticks to the clothes because it doesn't dissolve very well in the washer. Um, but that's, I, I haven't really gone farther into looking at how I can fix that problem. I just stick with those liquids. Um, so that's how I do my laundry soap. My bar soap, that is something I picked up this year as well um, because I have apparently a lot of time on my hands to pick up new projects. <laughs> but um, I bought a book. It's called The Natural Soap Making Book for Beginners. And it has a ton of recipes. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. There is a candy cane soap in here. Um, I want to get that made hopefully this week or next for, again, Christmas presents. Um, and then I want to try. There's an acne charcoal and tea tree soap um, that I'm going to try for my kids going through teenage years and all that. Um, and the other one that I want to try to this week is a shampoo bar. Um, so that way I can store shampoo long-term. I don't have to buy it from the store. Um, when I make soap, it, I make a loaf of it. So I end up getting probably 10 bars or so out of each loaf that I make. Um, and really I use the basic, um, the basic recipe and it's tallow, olive oil, coconut oil, and lye. Um, and then I just kind of play around with what I put in it. I've added coffee grounds with coffee, um, a little cocoa powder to change a little bit of the color. Um, but I don't want to add the dyes and I don't want to add, you know, scents just to add scents. I want to use like the oils or like how I have my, um, CBD, marijuana, olive oil going now, I can use that in my soaps um, when I get, once it's done sitting and doing what it needs to do. Um, so that way I can add it into my soaps and whether it be the shampoo or the body wash, um, there's recipes in here for shaving bars. So instead of using shaving cream, it's a thicker lather um for shaving there's a ton of recipes and like anything else um once you make it and it comes to trace you pour it in the loaf um the loaf soap loaf box and you have to let it sit for 24 hours before you can cut it and then once you cut it you lay it on like i have stackable cookie sheets like the the cooling racks and they have to sit out for about six weeks to cure before you can use them so it's kind of like everything else. It takes a little bit of time to make it, but then it takes even longer before you can use it. So you just kind of, you make it in hopes that you're going to love it, <laughs> but you don't make a whole bunch of it in case you hate it. <laughs> um, so uh, I've kind of stuck to the, the main the main recipe because um, I like the way it lathers. I like the way it leaves my skin soft. I like... Um, I just like the fact that I, I made it. I know where it came from. I know I'm using, like, organic products. I know I'm using, you know, we render the lard when we use the lard. We render the tallow when we're doing the tallow. Um, so I know where my stuff is coming from. I don't like the other soaps. I tend to break out from them. I break out from a lot of smells, a lot of scents. Um, 
so for me, like, I like the basic stuff. I'm just trying some different ones out. Um, hopefully by next summer, I can try some different ones. There's some for poison ivy. There's some for, um, I think it's bug away is what it's called. Um, but it's like a bug repellent. Um, but there's a lot. And then with our goats, once we, um, once we find them a boyfriend, um, and, um, we have baby goats, then I will start with the goat milk soap. Um, so we will, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's another one of those things that's a hurry up and wait, but it's, it's well worth the wait watching your hard work kind of come into fruition. Um, just knowing that, you know, you took time to make it and, it's something that you made with love and time and it's kind of neat to watch it, watch other people like it too. Um, so that's kind of, it is. And it nice makes great gifts in, you know, you can, you know, instead of spending, you know, if you go out and like Christmas, for example, you know, though it's very commercialized and very monotonized or monotonized, I'm just going to make a new word. Here we go. No, it's very commercialized and it's all about money instead of about Christ. But you, like you, I'm one that loves to give things and it, it becomes to where, especially like in this economy, it's really hard to kind of be able to go out. Yeah. new word. Um, it, it's very hard to go out there and just, you know, we were spending thousands at Christmas time alone, just trying to, to go out and buy gifts. And, you know, I mean, though I tried to pick out the right thing and just like with cards and things like that, I really, it takes me forever going through a card section to pick up the right card because you want it to have meaning. And I, my personally like the, the homemade personalized gifts so much more than something that's, you know, I, I would rather have something that somebody made for me than them go out and spend, you know, hundred dollars or something like that because I know that it took time. Society has kind of dumbed us down and made us a society of inconvenience or of convenience to where like fast food and they want everything fast, fast, fast right then. But it does take the time. And when you get it, you know, you could go give out so many more gifts that come from the heart and come from love instead of you know, going out and buying things, you know, you could go buy things all day long, but you can't get these homemade gifts unless you take, and it does take time. So you can't, you know, forget a birthday and then try to make up for it unless you have things on hand, you know, then you could, but the homemade stuff is, is like, like Laura said, it, it's the best stuff that you can, you can get or receive in my opinion. And you're able to share more and you know swap out different things like say you make one thing and I make another thing and we could share you know amongst each other and even like later on I feel like we're coming to an end of this money system especially as they tried to introduce the CBDC and the digitalized currency with all of that that we're going to come to a time to where people are going to, uh, I, I pray that it actually comes to that because I, I despise money. Um, 
but we're going to come to a time to where we're going to be bartering and trading. And I actually look forward to that because being able to give something to someone else is it's the highlight of, of my day. You know, I love just that, that act of giving and, and seeing somebody, like you said, enjoy what you did give to them, you know, and, and that's means so much more to me than any kind of money item that they could go purchase. Yes, it does cost money to go out initially, like with some of the stuff, but once you, you have those items, you know, you can pretty much essentially recreate them, you know, like with the wild lettuce, that wild lettuce tincture. Oh man, God knew what he was doing when he brought me and you together, Angie, because that had, that was a game changer for me. Um, you know, I was, I was down and hurting and I know a lot of people that are here in chat, you know, they had prayed for me and, and seen what was going on and, or heard what was going on. And, you know, you just automatically wanted to, you know, send me that and it worked. And it's so amazing how, how things like that do come together and how God is bringing us back to go forward, you know, and, it's a really good thing and it's something wonderful that we're able to not only learn together, but we can share together. Oh, we had that dead silence there for a second. Sorry, I was saying hi to Bear. Our Bear Claw's in the house. Uh-oh. There you missed the winemaking and the whiskey. We were making moonshine earlier. But it is nice to be able to have those items that you can, you know, that you make at home and be able to not only, you know, share, but to have as well. And then you're able to use your money better, you know, and steward that better. You're able to vote with your dollars more you're able to, you know, just be able to to help others in a much bigger way because you're not out there, you know, laundry detergent for maybe a month's worth of laundry. You're going to spend at least, at least minimum, probably $40 a month. And with this, like with making your own laundry detergent with the borax and the arm and hammer washing powders and the bar soap, which... I did not know before I had met Angie, you know, about using any kind of bar soap. So I used the Fels naphtha and though it's wonderful for stains, it's very drying. Um, so it, it, it's harsh on your clothes as well as on your skin. So using like, like Dove, I, I like Dove bar soap because Dove is antimicrobial and it doesn't contain the alcohols. Um, I only learned that whenever I had gotten a tattoo that, and I know that we're not supposed to get tattoos, but I had already gotten it and that was already done. So when I was looking for a soap to be able to cleanse that area, they said to make sure not to use an alcohol soap. And Dove was the only one that I could find that didn't have the alcohol in it. And alcohol is, is very drying. And so, you know, using Dove soap instead of the Fels naphtha, you are able to get that moisturizing effect. Now it is a Unilever product and I know, you know, Unilever heads went woke, but um, until we get that alternative, 
thing and, and we're making our own, you know, that's a, that's an alternative that's not as harsh on your skin as well. Um, so do you have anything else, Angie, you want to add before we wrap up tonight? I can't think of anything. I don't know. How's your crochet going? <laughs> yeah, so guys, if y'all haven't heard, Angie has taught me or is teaching me. She's a very patient woman about how to crochet because this gal, she literally does do it all. Um, I may have to watch out because Ryan may not know what to do with her. Her head's going to swell so big today. Um, she is wonderful, really, y'all. Really, she is a blessing. And so she had sent me with the soap. She sent me these loofahs, and they were hand-crocheted loofahs. And I absolutely fell in love with them. I was like, these are amazing. I didn't even want to use them, but I did. Um, and... So I wanted to start crocheting, and so I picked it up, and I have not, since last night, Angie, I have not had time today to get back at it, but I did watch some videos, and I was talking to um, Jenny earlier on Bended Knee and Chat. She actually crochets left-handed, and I learned that Jeff learned how to, uh, he, he may not want me to uh, say this, sorry, Jeff. Forgive me in advance. I'd already started into it, but Jeff learned how to crochet in middle school. And I wouldn't awesome. be embarrassed at all, but some guys may not want that told out there. And usually I don't tell stuff like that, but, um, you know, crocheting, it's like me and you had talked about. It's a very good stress reliever, except for like with me. Yeah, I, I made my my um, chain and I'm learning the terms. So I'm probably going to say some of these terms wrong. I made my chain way too tight. And I guess I was overly stressed because Angie was talking to me about when she is crocheting and she does um, her crocheting and she's stressed that her chains and stuff are a whole lot tighter than what they normally are because the tension's tighter. And I definitely saw where I was doing that, but I was trying to make sure that, you know, I didn't want to have it too loose and have everything fall apart. So I was like, okay, we're going to get them all tight. And then I got to looking at it and I was like, oh, this is kind of like, um, some of you ladies may know the, the fishtail braids or some of the other braids. And so my chains started looking like these braids. And unfortunately with that, you can't get the needle in there very well when you go to no, it's not knit over. Is it knit over? No. Yarn over. Yep. Yep. See, I, I keep getting that one wrong. You're getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, baby steps. But I, I, after, um, you know, when me and you were on the video chat last night before I fell on the muck, um, I, I did, uh, you know, I was doing it looser and that was easier. And Angie actually showed me how to do the double crochet in a, let me see if I get this right. It was a triple crochet. Yep. Okay. Awesome. And it, it was really actually was fun. Um, you know, and I, I like the, the double was easier. The triple was a little bit more confusing, but I did like those better than the, the single crochets, especially when I figured out that that's, you know, that's what you need for all the other stuff too. So I was like, okay, well I've got this sort of, and, and I was able to, I call it link it, <laughs> link the chain. Um, 
I don't know what the actual correct term was, but when you go to connect your your first chain to the the side of it, uh, that was where I was having my issues. So it was kind of uh, interesting to watch me trying to, yeah, it was a missing link. I was having issues trying to get that down. The actual chain part, though, I ha- you know, I've got that down, and that's fun. That's relaxing and it's fun. And but yeah, I'm I'm planning to get back on there tonight and um, hopefully be able to work on some of that. I did find a pattern that I want to try, so that gives me a goal instead of just like absentmindedly just doing it. I need a I need focus, I think, and so. I found one that I could actually use. You know, we talked about doing the hot plate. Then I found out acrylic will burn. So I can't do that for a hot plate one for my cast iron and stuff. But so I am going to try to make my daughter um, a crocheted phone case. And y'all are going to probably laugh. I know Angie thought I was hilarious. But when we were talking about it, I was discussing with her as my first goal of crocheting as a person who's never crocheted. I've done the um, cross stitch, but I've never crocheted. And I wanted to make socks. And it, it was funny. Angie, tell me. I have been crocheting for probably 25 years, and I hate making anything that needs a double. If you want a hat, I can do a hat. I can do blankets with pictures in them. I can do scarfs, loofahs, hot plate pads, um, dish scrubbies, anything like that. But if it has to have a partner, whether it be socks, slippers, gloves, mittens, anything like that, they never come out the same size, ever. Um, so I kind of had to chuckle when socks was her, her number one thing. So I understand why. The older generation does the socks because it probably takes that long before you can match two together <laughs> that are the same size. Yeah, I have big ambitions. Um, you know, I always do that, go big or go home. And that would have definitely been one. I'm glad that you redirected me on that because I would have gotten so frustrated that I probably would have given up. But I'm going to get there. Um, so any of y'all that want to post your crochet work, that that are crocheting or whatever feel free to do that and and knickknacks because i'm looking at all different kinds of ideas and angie's really phenomenal at her work um i know she had made a blanket or is making a blanket i don't know if you finished it yet i can't recall but she was working on a blanket forever and, and it's beautiful like this work is it's amazing and i'm just like in awe and so I've got yeah. goals, but I'm going to start them off smaller, maybe the washcloth with the one that I'm working on now, and then the phone case, and and graduate up to the um, the little kit that I told you about. I need to send you those pictures of the, the sloth planter and send you the, yeah. um, the pattern, I guess, take a picture of the pattern. Because for Caitlin, for Christmas, and it may wind up being her birthday, depending on uh how quick I can get this connections together with the chain to the other side. But that was, uh, that was one of the things that I wanted to do and, and set a new goal for that. Yeah, we can, we can work it out together on, on a video call. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll have to do that for sure. I see bear said he came in late. 
um, but he caught us talking about the soaps. It says one of his the vendors at their conference was Trinity Soap. And that is trinitysoapaz.com. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, Echoes, we're going to give him the tardy slip, which I, I, I got to give him some credit, though, because Bear just learned that I was doing my show. As y'all all know, I am very hush-hush quiet because I get nervous. So this show actually, you know, it kind of started out on Telegram with the Bible study, which we'll have Bible study tomorrow at 11 a.m. And I believe we pick back up with Romans chapter 13. And we do that on, sorry, Bear, I wasn't trying to leave you out, brother. I love you. I mean it. I just was nervous, man. <laughs> but um, so Bible study, we do, um, it's Sister on Scripture. And that was Mila that gave me the idea on that. And I really liked it. So that's Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I know some states didn't do the time change, so I can't say what time it is for you. But for South Carolina, it is 11 a.m. I, I will share it in the Christ Followers Room, and I'll try to share it um, as well with um, in Knickknacks Room and in the Bard's FM Room. I try not to overflow that with all the other st- all my stuff because, you know, that's our family room. But we do that on Tuesday and Thursday. And again, this show is um, Knickknacks in the Evening is on Mondays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, yeah, I know this time change. I had them all down and I don't know who's on what time where. So South Carolina time at 7 p.m. I do have some of them already listed. So I would I would help guide you a whole lot better. But unfortunately, um, yeah, the, the time change has got us all messed up. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll just go ahead and pray because we went well over an hour, which I knew it would be because we did the last time as well. Um, because there was just so much information, so much good information. Um, for those of y'all that were that come in late, we did discuss um, some tinctures. We discussed the wild lettuce tincture. We discussed the valerian root tincture, how to make um, vanilla bean. And do it yourself. Um, soap, wines, whiskey, um, corn whiskey, aka moonshine, um, bar soap, laundry soap. Gosh, we went over and crocheting. So we have been been through a lot. But if y'all take a second and just bow your heads if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. I'm sure a father will know that you're praying in your heart and forgive you. But don't don't wreck, please. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful time together, for this great fellowship, and and just for the blessings that you've bestowed upon us by not only Angie and the members here, but that you continue to give us every day that constant reminder that you're always with us and that reminder of your promise that, that you'll never leave us because you loved us first before we even knew you. You loved us when you formed us in the womb, Father, and we thank you so much for that. We pray that as we go into elections tomorrow, um, for most of everyone, that that there's no unmet expectations, that we know that your will is going to be done. And I feel like even though we know we were robbed of our 2020 election, Father, and, and you know that, but it, sh- it opened up many eyes and 
Father, you're continuing to open up eyes. So we know that regardless of what happens, the outcomes of the elections tomorrow, we know that you are the, the ultimate king and, and ruler of this world and of us. And that that's what matters is our, our salvation with you, Father, our love that we feel from you and that we give back to you and, and to help others find and follow Jesus. That's what this is about, because even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. We're just here to help glorify your name and to help find others that that don't know you through your grace and your mercy and your love that you use us to continue to help find other people and bring them to Christ. Father, we ask that you are with all of our family and Bards Nation and the Kilted Christian clan with Echoes and just everyone worldwide that you just are continuing to be with them, Father, and that you bless them. You know their needs and you know what their their specific need is. So, Father, I pray tonight that you just come into their lives and that you bless them with what they need and you continue to use them to help glorify your name, Father. And it's in Jesus Christ's mighty holy name, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you all so much. Um, I'm not sure who this person is calling in wanting to be a speaker. And after what we went through that one day, I'm not answering it. So if y'all do want to call in, let me know in here. And if I don't know, if I know you, I'll let you call in. I don't mind that. But we are doing no no Stanley Cups or whatever that stuff is. Yes, Echoes. Yeah, I learned from that one. But I pray everyone has a wonderful, blessed night. Thank you so much, Angie, for coming on with us again tonight. You are such a valuable resource. And I'm just so thankful that God brought us together through this journey and on this path together. That together, you know, we can help teach others and, and learn things ourselves and, and just continue to grow this fellowship. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing, and it's so inspiring to watch and see everyone grow and and just go back to learning the old ways. Um, just everybody, y'all have a great night. Bards FM is going to be on at 9 p.m. Eastern time, followed by Kilted Christian at 10.30. And then they wrap up with Fishers of Men back on Bards FM Podbean. I doubt I'll make it for the midnight show because it gets a little late on the East Coast here for me, but I will try to make it there. I know I'll make it for Bards FM. He's got a great lineup this week. And y'all just have a wonderful blessed night, guys. I, I pray for everyone here and love you all. Um, have a blessed, great, wonderful night and sweet dreams, everybody.